Apple's new M2 Max, and some software subscription public service announcements. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, the Mac Voices Live session you're about to see is a little bit different. First, it's not edited the way I usually do, focusing on some of the speakers and then going back to the group shot. Um, trying to do this in the interest of time because this is also being released as a full session, not uh, sliced up into multiple pieces like we usually do. Apple released the new M2 Max, and there are a lot of folks out there who've been waiting for these, and they're trying to make purchasing decisions. I wanted to get the, the wisdom and the thoughts of the panel in your hands as quickly as possible. Also, there are some very timely uh, subscription, software subscription announcements toward the end of the discussion that I think you're going to want to pay attention to, as well as just some great tips on subscriptions in general. So, M2 Max and subscription PSAs coming up. This is Mac Voices. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Tuesday night. It's 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. We're live uh, on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. We wish you were here with us because it's going to be a great night. The the crew has, uh, they're already out of control and we haven't even started the show yet. Feisty. Uh, feisty, yes. Feisty is <laughs> a good word. Feisty is a good word. Um, we have a lot to talk about tonight, um, so we're going to try to keep uh, keep it within the between the lines, but I seriously doubt it. Uh, let's find out who's here, and then we'll get right to it. Uh, and I'll take the the this the order as I usually do. Um, up in my top left hand corner, Mr. David Ginsburg is here. David, good to see you. Good to see you, Chuck. Thanks for having me. And uh, how ironic that Apple does an announcement of some new products, and we're here live tonight, so we're gonna have some fun talking about that. Yeah, it is. It is. And I've got to figure out a way to get this show released a little bit earlier than I normally would because it's going to be so ridiculously current. So yeah. stay tuned, folks, if, you, if you're if you watching in the feeds or want to listen to the rest of the show in the feeds. Um, I'll work something out. Jeff Gammon is here. Jeff, good to see you. Chuck Joyner. It's so great to see you, too. Um, it's – hey, I totally off – our usual topics. I want to do a shout out to Frank. I miss you. We haven't yeah. seen you for so long. Yeah, yeah Frank showing is, up in the, chat, in the chat room. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so. Anyhow, love you, Frank. Glad you're yep. still around. Same here, Frank. Yeah. Same Frank. Keep on, keep on keeping on. Um, Eric Bolton is here, all limbered up and ready to ready to go. Uh, Eric, good to see you. It's a great day today. All my favorite <laughs> hardware came out. Oh. Yeah, it's good. There's a bank uh, hole in your bank account coming. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we shall hear more of this. Jim Ray is here. Mr. Panorama himself. Jim, good to see you. Chuck Joyner is here. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Webb sure? Bixby is here. <laughs> Webb Bixby is here, and he's ready to roll. Chuck, good to see you. Glad to be here. Uh, 
uh, looking forward to hear what people have to say about the uh, Apple announcements today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Funny thing is, Webb, we had a full slate of topics before that, and then Apple came out with, with their announcements. So I don't know how much we're going to get to. Um, obviously, with the background that everybody should be paying extra attention to, Mr. Mark Fuccio. Mark, good to see you. Hi, Chuck. Hello, panel. We're going to have some fun tonight. We are. Last but absolutely not least, somehow he always end up down in that bottom corner, at least to start. Uh, Mr. Guy Searle. Guy, it's good because, to have you. It's because I'm so tall. That's So you have to have me lower than everybody else. Ah, I see. It's I a height see. thing. Yeah. And, and, and you are podcasting from the future with a new mic, of course. <laughs> Big surprise. Yeah. I won't go into what it is because if, if you go on over to mymac.com, I just did a review on this microphone and you'll see it there. Ah, okay. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So the topic of the day obviously has to be that Apple today announced with very little fanfare with only an 18 minute video, um, new M2 MacBook Pros and an M2 Mac mini. I, you know, I, I mean, I guess we have to talk about a little bit how these were announced. That no event, um, a a an Apple keynote style video that introduced both machines. So there were not two videos, just one rolled into one. I mean, is this a good idea? Is this a is this an indicator of things to come? The way we're going to see Apple announcements in the so. future? Yeah, I, I think that this is what we're going to see more of. Um, I think that uh, Apple, un unless they have something like absolutely brand new to talk about, that they sometimes have trouble padding these events out for an hour to an hour and a half. So I think somebody that there was just like, you know, we can't even get people to come into the office. Let's just go ahead and we'll, we'll say, here's the new Mac Mini, here's the new MacBook, 14 to 16 inch MacBook Pros and be done with it. And then just say, you know, have a little bit of filler of, of, you know, here's the M2 and it's got transistors and blah, 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 blah. All the stuff that nobody cares about, you know, just, just let us know how fast it is. Let us know, you know, how much faster it is than, than uh, uh, an Intel Mac Mini that came out 14,000 years ago. And uh, yeah, we'll all just move on with our lives. Hmm. Um, Mark, you want it in? Uh, yeah, I think I, I agree with Guy that I think this may be the the way of the future for sort of routine product bumps and updates. Because, I mean, really, was there any surprise that we knew there was an M2, that there would be an M2 Pro and an M2 Max? You know, if, if there's anybody surprised by that, um, come to California. I'll give you a million dollars. But, uh, you know, I think uh, this is just sort of a normal update and bump uh, in uh, in their product line, and they've shown in the past you know, where they've uh, released uh, you know iMac uh, processor upgrades through press release and things. So, you know, I think the fact that they did a video, I think that's because they've become so practiced and refined at doing that over the past uh, couple of years at events since COVID. So, um, you know, I think that's where it is. Guy um, made a comment about uh, you know maybe some of I would interpret it as bad marketing, and I, I'll come back to that in a moment. But, uh, you know, I think the thing is, God help us, if it was only going to be 66,999,999 transistors, you know, what could they have done, you know, <laughs> instead? They're not working hard enough. <laughs> 
Um, but Jim, anyway, I, I want to oh, say, Mark, you know, I want to say, you know, hat tip, you know, good job to Apple. You know, it looks like an excellent line of products, and I think you're going to have a lot of happy users as a result. Yeah, Jim. Oh, you're muted, Jim. I I don't think this is the wave of the future. Uh, I think this is an indication that they think they have some, you know way more better things to tell us about in the next uh, couple of months. Um, I, and, I, you know, the way they made a video, I, I think they originally were going to make this part of a launch event. Maybe it was supposed to be last year, and they weren't able to do that. Um, but, I, you know, I think in this case, um, there's... This makes me think something more big is going to going to happen because I've kind of felt like Apple was, you know, heading more towards, you know, bringing people in for in-person things and and, uh, and 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 whatnot. And I think new processors are a pretty big deal. Apple makes the processors now, so it's well, they designed them. Well, yes. They design that's, them. Yeah, that's what I. Close enough. Yeah. yeah, they're not made for anybody else. So. Right. right. Nobody else is using these. It, there's, you know, probably millions of hours of Apple engineering time that have gone into this. Um, but, you know, I suspect, you know, come March or something, we'll we'll be like, oh, this is why they just pop this out like that. Well, well, I mean, this wasn't this wasn't insignificant because you know it was you know brand new processors in in both of these lines. But at the same time, I mean, was it really worthy of a, an hour-long event? Uh, I, I don't think it really was. Uh, this is, you know, Apple has gotten to the point now where they have a new product to roll out. They roll it out. Lots of people buy it, whether they do an hour-long presentation at uh, uh, the Apple Donut or not. So, you know, keep their keep the cost down on it and. You know, in the long run, it doesn't. I don't think it really makes that much of a difference. They get the information out that they want to get out. All the people that want to see the video is going to see it, and you know, and and Bob's your uncle. You're all done. I'm yeah. not saying that I think this was an hour long event, but in the past they would have combined it with something else. Yeah, that that's an interesting point. But they didn't have anything else to combine it with, or so it doesn't seem. So that's why or nothing that, ready. What we have. All right, Jeff, this time it's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for first part of what you're asking, um, is this the, the new thing for Apple? This is yet another option in their toolbox of communication methods. So uh, sometimes we will get product announcements like this. Sometimes it'll be just a simple press release. Sometimes it will be part of a larger media event. And uh, this time it happened to be this. Um, these are efficient and uh, and certainly cost Apple a lot less to make than uh, that, like a big event where where you're having people show up. Um, 
So then uh, Jim brought up the idea that, that that maybe this is supposed to be part of another event. What if Apple had planned on including these as part of a, a product launch event last fall and uh, and it just couldn't happen? For whatever reason, they couldn't get part, enough parts in time, um, you know, wh- whatever it was that they had to put it off until now. All right. So they needed to get that stuff rolled out before the next announcements. And um, and so now they've done it. And these things are out. Who knows if if we're if we're going with the idea that Apple had planned on launching this stuff last fall, they may have already had the the video content done for the event, didn't include it, and now that it's it's ready, they're like, okay, so uh, we just need to make uh, bumpers for the intro and outro, and that chunk that we had to cut from the last event, we'll put it out as a standalone thing. Done. Yeah, that that's sense. a lot of speculation. It may thank you. It may I thought be true somebody said that the URL block true. for the video had 2022 in it. Yeah, Barry in the chat room says per daring fireball, the URL for the video has 2022 in the path. So maybe the announcement was originally intended for last month. Um, you know, possible. Dave, I want you in, and then I'll uh, I'll I'll th- jump in. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with everybody that's gone that's talked so far about this 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 video definitely was made months ago. I, I, I would I would venture to say even end of November, beginning of December, they had this all queued up ready to rock and wanted to, to talk about it, but they couldn't. Um but let's go back to the products too. The the fact of the matter there was no design change. You know, that they that, that that's usually a the things to think of that Apple doesn't, uh, because they they really never they didn't change the design of the MacBook Pro. They didn't change the design really of the of the Mac Mini. Um, so all this is a, is a processor bump, and they've 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 bumped up the speeds. But it was great to see the love given to Mac Mini. It does a long time that that this is probably the shortest time span I think uh, since the Intel Mac Mini in 2018 that they didn't do a thing for a while. Uh, that uh, now. That, that as well as the giving us a, a midline pro model um, that uh, you don't have to spend a tremendous amount more with the Mac Studio um, and you know these these products are going to definitely be flying off the shelves. I think. Yeah, I, I guess I, I wanted to respond to Jeff's comment because I think it's an interesting one that this is another option in their toolkit. Um, I also wonder if you know we've all talked about sometimes how bloated and how self-promotional those uh those events can get and that's the point well that is the point jeff but it also i mean sometimes it feels like it depending on how much of it they do it almost detracts from the announcements and this felt almost like a short form i mean everything seems to be moving shorter and shorter this felt like a nice tight little product announcement um i think to mark's point this was a processor bump in effect as David said, these they, these aren't redesigned, and we've seen those done by press release. So, I mean, was this just a press release on steroids? I I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it certainly was a nice presentation, no question about it. There was there was a slight difference. For example, the the Mac Mini now has two more Thunderbolt ports and two less USB A ports. That's but on the, the higher over- end model, right? On the higher end model, you got yeah. four. Okay. Oh, I missed that. Okay, good. So then it is a little bit of a redesign. And I do like that the new starting price point for the mini. Yeah, five ninety nine. 
Yes. For an M2. For M2. Yep. Yeah. And, and if you get the education discount, that starts at four ninety nine. And I think it's is it sixteen gigs is the least amount oh, of memory, eight. or is it still eight? Okay, eight. so it's what eight five twelve eight two fifty six eight two fifty six for five ninety nine. Okay, that's still that's still pretty kick ass. Yeah, it's the, the M one the the twenty twenty model was the same was the same. It was eight gig two fifty six. So that that capacity didn't change. Is anybody so, going to get one? Well, that's 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 a great question. I mean, because the well, okay. So I'm only going to speak for myself, but I'm kind of all over the map now. I mean, look, I definitely want the 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 laptop, uh, the Mac Pro laptop, the high end one. But now that and and for those who maybe don't know, my job situation has changed. Now I'm working strictly from home, so I'm not going to be nearly as mobile. Uh, or need to be nearly as mobile as I have in the past. So all of a sudden now, a desktop machine is looking a bit more attractive. So now we have these these nice, very affordable Mac Minis um, with an M2 or an M2 Pro. No, yeah, M2 Pro. M2, M2 Pro. yeah, yeah. As as opposed to the MacBook Pros with the M2 Pro and M2 Max, but a substantially higher price point. Then we have the M1, uh, the excuse me, the Mac Studio with the M1, the high-end M1s, one uh, Ultra Max Ultra Ultra. Ultra. Yeah, she's right. too many. Um, yeah. So you know, you got to build this chart that tries to figure out, okay, uh, you know, where what is the what's the biggest bang for the buck, and and not the, necessarily the biggest buck or the biggest bang, but. I'm also for the first time saying, you know, my my current M1 is pretty darn good. There are times I can bog it down, but not very often. So, you know, would a Mac Mini with an M2 Pro be sufficient? Maybe. Um, Possibly. I'm still on. I mean, I'm still on an uh, an M1 uh, Mac Mini, and I'm not planning on updating it. I have yet to bog this machine down and you know i've sat there with uh multiple tracks on on davinci and it just it just flies right through it and i'm not sure that spending because i mean the machine i would want would be the m2 pro either 16 or 32 gigs of ram with uh two terabytes of storage and you're looking at you know over 2500 dollars for that so is it really worth it for me for 30%, 40% of faster computer that I would only need that kind of speed for a couple of times a week. And I, I just can't justify it. Right. I agree. I think that, you know, for many people, um, you know, the M1 or variants of M1 are perfectly uh, fine. You know, I think, uh, you know, they were making a point, although I think it was badly made, you know that uh, the powers of uh, where these uh, new M2 based uh, you know MacBook 14 16 inch MacBook Pros come in will be if you're doing you know 5K or 8K video you know for that you know you need a, there's a hell of a lot more data and that's why the bigger storage capacity and the bigger I/O uh, memory bandwidth uh, will come into effect but you know if you're just coding and developing uh, you know an app uh, unless you have a humongous code base it probably is uh, you know not really justified until you're at the end of your natural cycle to upgrade a, a computer. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, 
I'm changing the topic a little bit because I, I think I've noticed for the past couple of years, they've been doing what I consider bad marketing, which is sort of, you know, the PC marketing, which is they throw all these specs out there, which nobody has a clue of what the heck that they mean. Um, and then they show you things of, okay, a five person company. Okay. It's great. You know, that you know, it's a message that you can buy one Mac mini and pass it around and everybody can share it. Cause that's what the hell they showed there. They didn't show how it made any one of the person's uh, life Job better faster. at that company. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, and they've been doing this for years. They throw all these specs out of how many billions of transistors, but okay. Maybe when you say, okay, and this is up to 15 times faster than any Intel, Intel based uh, PC out in the market. Okay. We get it. You know, we get it that uh, you've blasted ahead and you're able to make much better products now that you're, you're controlling your own processor destiny, but in real terms and application terms, what does that mean? Does that mean rendering a video goes from, I'm picking numbers here, from two hours to 12 minutes? Or does that mean it goes from 30 minutes you know, to 27 minutes? And you know, they've just shared absolutely nothing about that other than making it's the best, it's the greatest. And you know, well, we've been hearing that forever. Every time Apple has an announcement, it's the best and greatest because they're comparing themselves to, you know, their, to, they're comparing themselves to themselves, to their past uh, you know, generation products. So uh, that's why I'm thinking, okay, they got the point across. This is kick-ass. It's better. It's faster. It's going to be significant. And it's coming in at these attractive prices. Okay, you know, it's said and done. I can collapse 18 minutes into whatever that is, 20 seconds. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I think, you know, this is you know, as exciting as it was. This is not... Um, Sorry, as lustful and desirous as uh, you know we are of you know these new products, it really wasn't a change the world type of announcement. No, I don't think it was intended to. I think it just was an announcement. That's right. Why they, that's why they. That's why they did it. You know, sort of in yeah. a minimal. In a minimal. I mean, interesting today. You know, Apple closed up about. Um, uh, you know, I think about a quarter of a percent. TSMC, you know, their chip vendor, closed up two and a half percent. So <laughs> I think really what this is, is uh, you know, this, this is a, a testament to Apple's design prowess, as well as, you know, the capability of, you know, TSMC, you know, to manufacture leading edge world-class chips. And back to something Jeff was saying earlier, I think maybe one of the reasons that maybe this got delayed is maybe there were yield problems or capacity problems, because I was impressed that, you know, all these units, you buy them today, you'll have them within a week. And I think that's significant, you know, whereas in the past, they've seemed to be pre-announcing things where they have multi-week ship times. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, again, that's you know, another good move on Apple. Uh, if that's why they delayed it, you know, I think it was, you know, good, good move, good planning. Webb, we haven't heard from you. You're awfully quiet. Well, they, like you said, we got started a lot of people in the room, so I didn't want to step on anyone. A um, couple of things. Uh, let's talk about the MacBook Pros themselves. Uh, this machine right here is the uh, um, M1 Max, um, and I also got the M1 Ultra on the studio in my office. So um, I, I'm very excited about the M2. I'm not looking to upgrade. I'm very happy with this, kind of like as Guy said. This machine has done everything that I needed to do and has not pushed back on me at all. So if I was in the market for a new laptop, would I get it? Yeah, probably. But since I'm very happy with the one that I have, I'm fine with that. Um, uh, as far as the Mac Mini goes, um, I mentioned in Slack earlier today that I use the uh, 
uh, an Intel-based uh, i7 um, uh, Mac Mini as a server at, at home. Then the, my server needs have dwindled dramatically. I really don't need it right now. I just now it's a Plex server more than anything else. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, when I, I used it to play around with the old uh, um, the Mac OS server software just to have experience with it, but uh, that went away. Um, anyway, um, here again, if I was in a need for a, a new uh, Mac Mini, I would definitely go for it. I have a tendency when I buy hardware like this is that I kind of max it out and live with it for a long time. Um, so I'm very excited about it. I think they're great machines. I, I think that as far as the presentation goes, I think they did it this way because it, it didn't justify having people come in. Um, uh, I'm sure that there's uh, uh, the, the, the favored uh, writers in the industry that they're getting their private briefings and they're probably what I see they, they could be embargoed till Friday or Monday um, uh, on their review units. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think that the, the video presentation is just a, a, a good way, another way to present this. I didn't think it justified having everybody come in just for what in essence is a very very nice machines, but it's a spec bump at the end of the day. Um, it's nice, don't get me wrong, and it's an M2, and that's a big deal. But eh, I, I think that the, the way they announced this one today was probably appropriate. That's my thoughts. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. We're, we've talked a lot about the mini webs, probably one of the first mentions of, of the MacBook Pros, and especially the higher-end ones. Um, I think that if if I remember correctly, oh, I spec'd one out, and I think I didn't I didn't take it the whole way to the top, but it clocks in at, at well over six thousand dollars, pushing yep. towards seven thousand. And and I, this feels like that maybe the laptop is really headed for that honest to god pro. That you know we we've said this before. We all think of ourselves as pros. We all want the power, but we probably don't really use it or need it. Um, certainly, the people that they they showed in the video doing things they are they're real pros and they really need that power so and and they're going to be able to make money back uh if they if they buy that machine so i'm wondering if we're finally hitting that point where a pro machine is going to be a real pro machine and the 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 rest of the machines are sufficient for the for the rest of us the studio may be for the prosumer um, the mini and the iMac, depending on how much components, how many components you want, um, maybe the, the the starter to mid level. Um, I, I don't know. It 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 just. I mean, it it really did make me step back and think because I've always had the top end MacBook Pros when I went to to upgrade, and now I'm feeling like you know, I'm not sure that it's it's worth the money for. Do I address this? Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because um, you know, couple, couple I, there are multiple dimensions to this. One is, I, I think for a lot of you know, the video pros I know that um, their needs are multifaceted. You know, part of it is you know, just to raw compute power so that they can edit and render. And I think what we're seeing with Apple, they have a very modular you know, processor and they can slap it in a notebook or they can put it in a mini or they could you know, maybe one day put in an iMac and it's basically the same level of performance. So what you get by having different uh, packaging is you have ability maybe to have more internal peripherals, i.e. more storage, 
different networking connections. Uh, Apple seems to be going in the direction of it, by putting maybe four instead of two uh, you know, Thunderbolt ports on uh, this generation of Mac Mini. You know, they're tipping their hat and recognizing, okay, the world is going in the direction of having a lot of external peripherals. So previously, what you would put in your cheese grater Mac, you know, as a you know, as a card, is now a peripheral that you plug in through a USB-C cable. So you know, I think in that regard, um, you, the the processing element is basically you know, from Apple is basically the same. You know, you put it you know, in digital. 13 inch 14 inch 16 inch screen you know, you buy an external monitor to so get you know size of uh, whatever monitor you want um you know but uh, you know, the core processing capabilities is it re remains the same so i think as an industry i think people need to have a little bit of a mental reset in terms of uh you know it's famous jobs came back you know we have too many products half of them are crap you know four dimension grid home you know Home or work, you know, amateur or pro. And, you know, that works, you know, 20, 25 years ago to get, you know, Apple unmucked from, you know, lots of bad uh, leadership. But I think nowadays um, it's, do I really need 67 billion transistors? Do I really need, you know, they didn't describe what the clock hertz are, but, you know, I'm sure I could use, you know, get along just fine with, you know, a lot fewer gigahertz on that. But, you know, guess what? That's, you know, these are nonsensical comments because the device is manufactured, it has its own intrinsic properties in terms of how many transistors, how much compute power it has. And most of the time our devices, they just sit there idle waiting for something to do, <laughs> you know, except, you know, in video and media places where when rendering jobs come around, you know, they grind it out, you know, at full, full capacity for a long time. So I know I covered a lot of ground there, but um, I'd like to you know, head it back. You know, just asking the other panel what they think about: Are we seeing a how much of blurring and overlap are we seeing between sort of um, pro users' requirements, you know, and you know just everybody else's requirements? Not driven by the processor, but by driven all the other extra dimensions in terms of size of device and monitor and storage, et cetera. Well, let's remember also that. Part of the reason why we have to have so many external peripherals is by Apple's very own design. They've basically taken the ability of having internal peripherals away from every single machine that they currently make. So if you want to have any expansion, you've got to do it externally. So when the original Mini came out with two Thunderbolt ports and and uh, was it two or four USB-A ports? Um, you you really limited what people could connect up to those machines. Um, I basically have a hub-hub system where I had to take a Thunderbolt port, put it into a hub, and then hub off that Thunderbolt port just so that I could have enough USB and, and other ports to do all the things that I wanted. And that's, that's, again, that's by Apple's very own design. They have kind of forced this issue. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, don't tie my hands internally and externally because then you leave me with not many, very many options. So, Guy, look, I, 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 am, I hear you on the hub hub thing. You know, I mean, but looking around the room, 
that's that's a problem for us. For most yeah. people now, uh, I mean, we have wireless mouse, we have a wireless keyboard. I mean, what what is the I hate that term average user, but what's the average user plugging in now? I mean, even the printers have gone wireless. And how many people really print much anymore? Maybe, maybe some of you do. I don't know. Certainly the printer printer manufacturers want you to. But I if if I step back and and, and look at some of the people I know that are not like us, that are not geeks, that, I mean, maybe two is a little is a little a little shy, but do they really need three, four, five ports? And if, well, they, and, if, and if it's us, then we go and buy a dock, and we got get those ports yeah. plus even more. Well, that's but that's that's part of it right there. If you want to have like I have two twenty-seven inch monitors here, and the Mac Mini only gives me even now still a, a single HDMI port. So unless you get a hub, then you've got to use one of the Thunderbolt ports to connect up that second monitor, and then you need maybe another Thunderbolt port to go to a, a four bay drive for backups and stuff like that. Or if you do audio like I do, I've got multiple things plugged in that connect up via USB. And yeah, okay, I'm a little bit of an extreme case when it comes to audio, but uh, there are there are a lot of things that people will want to plug in in order to do the stuff that they want to do with their Macs. And this the, the new higher-end Mac Mini, anyway, gives them more options than what they had before. And if you don't want to go out and buy, I don't want to mention the name of the company, a $300 Thunderbolt 4 or Thunderbolt 3 hub, and it's a very good hub, but it's also $300, which is like half the price of the Mac that you may have just bought. So... You know, where is where is that line where you have the number of ports that you need and you're not spending another, you know, two to six hundred dollars just to get those ports? And Guy, Apple should be giving them to us. I Guy, I think people like us, we're the outliers. What? This, no, I know, I know. Total shock. I'm glad you're sitting down, and I'm sorry that I had to be the one to break this to you. Deep, deep breaths. Deep breaths. Deep, deep breaths. breaths. Um, I mean, Apple knows how people are using their computers, and I think that uh, that if there were enough people that needed uh, a lot more ports on these devices than they than they currently have then they would probably be doing something about that, which is why we've seen the changes in the port configurations on the MacBook Pros. Um, but I'm with you. It, it hurts um, knowing that uh, it doesn't matter what Mac I buy. Um, I'm going to have uh, some sort of hub dock thing connected to it because, because I'm not a normal user. I have issues, and I have a truckload of stuff connected to all these devices. Truckload of issues or a truckload of stuff? I'm yes. just happy that I can buy that hub, which wasn't the case um, a couple of years ago. Um, if, if the machine, base machine had those extra ports, you know, you're, you're complaining that it's $300 for the Thunder, four-port Thunderbolt hub. Well, if those extra hubs ports were in the machine, it would raise the price of the machine, maybe not quite three hundred dollars, but it would it would be raised, and everyone would be paying for ports that most of them weren't using. My my wife has a 
a MacBook. She uses it like an iPad. It's never hooked to anything, including the power. Um, she only, you know, plugs it in when she's not using it. And she, you know, she uses it like most of us use an iPad. Um, and she's never plugged anything else into it. She does print, but we have a wireless printer. Um, so, you know, she's never needed a port. My mother, when she was using a computer, she never needed a port. Um, I, I think, you know, a lot of people don't need ports. And the fact is now that Thunderbolt allows you to put high performance, you know, expand with high performance peripherals outside of the box. You know, yay, that's not something that we had an option of until pretty recently. Um, and yeah, it costs some money, but, um, and by the way, somebody said that Apple doesn't make any machines that you can expand internally. There is still one. <laughs> They're one Intel-based machine. Yeah, they don't make a they don't make a an Apple Silicon machine that's expandable internally, but they do make one machine that is still expandable internally. Good, so Jim. Which, do you think they'll make which a, one? Is a, that the Mac, the Mac Pro, Pro. Oh, from twenty thirteen? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. no. Their Intel one from what was it? Twenty eighteen. Twenty nineteen. Late twenty. Very late twenty nineteen. The Chiefs. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. The, the the 2013 one really wasn't upgradable. Eric? So, Jim, do you think they'll come out with an M2 based or M something MX based version of that sort of cheese grater to just come out with a higher end sort of uh, product, you know, for pros? Well, they said they were going to come, still planning on coming out with a Mac Pro. Um, that was Apple Silicon. What that will be? I, you know, I don't know. Will it be a cheese grater? Um, you know, my my guess is it probably won't be in that same package. It'll probably be a smaller package. Um, and I, I, my guess is that it won't. You'll not be able to add RAM to it, but you'll you'll be able to add drives into it and maybe video cards. Um, but we'll see. Eric. You you made a comment in our private chat that I think is is a good one. Um, yeah, it's actually a couple of things. The the it used to be you always had to make a compromise. You bought a desktop machine if you wanted every bit of performance you could get, or you bought a laptop if it needed to be portable. And now we've got machines where you buy the machine that works with the way you want to use it. And with you know people doing partial remote work or whatever, you can buy a laptop that has all the performance of a desktop machine for most users, and it's it's fast, it's quiet. Um, basically, you can have your desktop at work, you can have your desktop at at home, and it's the same machine. It it's it's been a very welcome change. Um, I. I've been really happy with what's been happening at the low end of the product line. I bought the most base level um, mini M1 mini when it came out, 256. Yeah. With well, I have that one too. Yeah, and I've, I've been using it as a, a media machine in the house, and, and I found I just kept doing little bits of extra stuff with it, and for the most part, it kind of kept up. It 
did what I wanted to do. I, I haven't really had any problems with it. Um, and, and then I started doing a little bit more because I was using my iPad to remotely control it to start doing some stuff while it was doing other things as well. And that, I hit a couple of spots where I started to run a little bit low on space. It still worked. I just had to do some shuffling around. I had some big external drives. That all worked really well. Um, so I ordered the the M2 Pro um, Mini that just came out, the, the, the base one, because I don't want to have to wait and configure it. Um, and that, that'll have just a tiny bit more storage. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking it will do just fine for what I want it to do, basically being both a media machine and a way that from my iPad, I can have all the functionality of a Mac um, by just remoting into it. So I don't compromise anything. I get all my iPad stuff. I have all my Mac stuff. I carry around an iPad. It, it just works really, really, really well. Um, uh, I have to, I have to admit that the, the M2 Max laptop, I just, I just want one. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. I think we all do. But there, you know, the other machines just work. And, you know, I've always felt that there are two people that need um, lots of power. You know, the 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 power users that are doing a whole pile of stuff and the people who don't know are, are not spending all their time with hardware. They 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 just want to get something done. They don't live on the computer. They just expect it to work. And and it, a lot of times people end up going with the cheapest box they can get their hands on because they really can't justify spending more money or don't think they could justify it and then just get frustrated. Apple right now has a mix of products where you can spend the least amount for a machine and have it perform like you're spent a whole lot more money. And, you know, just something as simple as taking all your your family pictures and have them sorted sorted out by all the grandkids. It's just awesome. I, I'm really, really happy with the choices. I'm happy with the M1 that I've got. I'm really happy with the new choices. Yeah, it's maybe not a quantum leap like the Intel to M1 was, but it's it's a nice that I'm just very happy with the mix of machines. Um, hey, we have a special guest um, for his first time on Mac Voices. He he decided to jump into Mac Voices Live. I'm not sure what he's been smoking, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not sharing. Brad Meyer, it's great to it's great to have you here. Um, I'm hoping you can hear me. I can hear you. Yep, it's great. Yeah, welcome. It's it's great to to have you here. It's great to meet you. Um, I'm going to ask you just to give uh, the audience a little introduction to yourself, and then you can pile into our discussion of uh, of to Apple's announcements today. Okay, great. Thank you for uh, inviting me in. Uh, I, I come here by way of Mr. Fuccio. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. He and I worked together at Drobo many years ago, and we've been uh, uh, close friends ever since. Um, he invited me in as more of a um, the creative voice for the show. Um, I do a lot of video production, uh, video and audio production. Um, I do a lot of stuff on my own 
I also help teach uh, television production and video production over at uh, De Anza Junior College. So um, kind of deep into the, uh, like I said, video production side using um, any platform that will work for me, but I prefer using the Mac for sure uh, to be able to do this. So I'm happy to kind of chime in from the, uh, the creative perspective on the, on the Mac platform and the, uh, the, the announcements from today. We're, we're delighted to have you. Um, we won't hold the fact that you you work with Mark um, against you. <laughs> oh, um, so. could I could I could I add another historical note here? <laughs> sure, because you know, because Brad and I have uh, you know, another common friend, uh, you know, Frederick uh, Van Johnson, <laughs> and uh, so Brad, you know, um, comes from sort of a traditional you know Windows IT background and. He got an iPhone and then he got an iPad and Frederick said, oh, that's, you know, you're pretty soon you're going to you're, you're going to throw out your Windows boxes and go all Mac. And, uh, you know, Frederick has a good judge of human nature and you know, what Apple <laughs> products do to people. Absolutely. I, con I converted from, well, I, I, I try to consider myself an operating system agnostic where I'm, you know, pretty technically flexible across all operating systems. Uh, but when I'm, uh, when, when I, when I'm serious and I'm into video editing and, and, uh, audio editing and production, uh, Mac is my platform for sure. Um, and, uh, I know there was a big ceremony at Drobo when I bought my first Mac and, and admitted <laughs> that, uh, that I, that, uh, Mac was a good ecosystem to be a part of. And, uh. Uh, but like I said, you know, I'm pretty technically flexible and can go any direction with any operating system. So, all right. So, so you're a little bit late getting here because you know, funny thing, you have to work. Um, but <laughs> what's your reaction to what we saw today? The announcements with the M2 and and its variations from that um, creative perspective. I mean, we all have our thoughts, but you're someone that makes your living with this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's. You know, it to me, it's a evolutionary change. Um, you know, it's it's an incremental improvement over what they've provided us in the past. And you know, bottom line for me, you know, I have an M1 um, uh, M1 MacBook Pro. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's not really enough for me personally to to force me to upgrade um, the incremental change piece of it. Uh, but certainly it offers a ton of capability for someone who um, is looking to be um, kind of a mobile creative. You know, that's that's what it's really um, about for the MacBook Pro. Um, the one thing I did find pretty intriguing as far as one of the bigger upgrades was the um, HDMI 2.1 piece um, on the MacBook Pro. I thought that was um, um, a good expected <laughs> upgrade because it was kind of disappointing that they didn't have it in the m1 version um but yeah you know, i think there's you know in technology there are evolutionary changes and revolutionary changes and the incremental boost uh, from m1 to m2 is, is more of that incremental evolutionary change that uh, um and i think it's it's appropriate and i think it's it's uh it's necessary to keep climbing that that tech ladder because one of the things that happens too um in general is kind of one of my general rules is you know and this is kind of an old storage analogy right where anyone given a certain amount of storage will always fill it right um 
And the same thing is with horsepower of a CPU. Given enough horsepower in the CPU and people will fill that horsepower space and take advantage of it. So there's this escalating software hardware kind of uh, 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 process that goes through to be able to say, I, I'm giving you more power and we're gonna take advantage of it. And because they're taking advantage of it, they'll eventually need more power. Um, so, you know, with, with you know, programs like uh, um, um, Premiere Pro and, and, and uh, uh, Pro Tools and things like that, they will take advantage of that extra power for sure. So it's truly an advantage to be able to have those incremental changes and improvements as we keep, uh, keep kind of pushing the boundaries. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Interesting to hear that, I mean, there was discussion earlier here about um, this being an incremental bump and you know that that the the m2 is just a natural evolution kind of thing and it sounds like you're you're in that camp as well i'm squarely in that camp yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was not paid for that response <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's you know i don't think it's a bad thing no i mean i don't uh, think anybody here thought it was a bad thing it's just you know it maybe just because it's the m1 was just this incredible leap forward and we're probably all hoping that the m2 is and, and much more so. We need to wait and see what the what all the benchmarks come out as. Well, I, I'm not sure if you guys have answered the question amongst yourselves, but is it enough for you to upgrade from an M1 platform to an M2, or or will it be or or what you're experiencing with the M1 sufficient for what you're doing, and you're going to wait for the next generation? Yeah, for me, I'm not uh, I'm not ready to upgrade. I have an M1 Pro. MacBook Pro 16 inch, very happy with it. 16 gigs mm -hmm. of RAM. It's uh, yep. had not even same. a year old. I mean, uh, Guy and I have both the same machine, so I don't think I've had it more than a year. And there's no compelling reason to to do any upgrades at this point. The machine just, I love it. Battery yeah. life is amazing. I mean, I get 10 to 12 hours. I mean, they're spouting out 22 hours of battery life on these new MacBook Pros, which is you know quite a, quite an accomplishment yeah. if that's the case. What they, I mean, they wouldn't advertise it if it wasn't true. So. <laughs> Um, but so, who stays up that late? Yeah, I mean, really, only other thing, all the really things they added was what you get, you get Wi-Fi six E. So what? I mean, it's just that's still yeah. still new anyway. So yeah, my yeah, I've got an Euro that, that does that, but do I really? Am I gonna really notice much in that up bump? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, and a twenty-five to thirty percent increase is really not significant enough to right. spend, you know, three to six thousand dollars on a new laptop. It's it's just not worth it. Yeah, Brad, I'm coming at this from the perspective of someone who's still rocking a 2019 Intel MacBook Pro, which is still running great. Mm -hmm. yeah. The uh, the M1 laptops when they came out so compelling, but uh, but I was able to to say no, this computer still does everything I need. Now I see these new M2 models out. And all of a sudden, I have this this thing happening where I'm looking at the new models, and I'm thinking, man, that M2 MacBook Pro would be a really sweet upgrade. But then I'm also thinking, you know, if I could convince myself that I'm okay with a 14-inch screen, because I do most of my stuff with an external display, the M2 MacBook Air will do more than, than I need yeah, and it costs a lot less. So yeah. I'm suddenly in the boat where I'm thinking, yeah, maybe upgrade, but maybe not to a MacBook Pro anymore. 
oh, the Air is a perfectly good machine. I mean, I, I've got one for work, and it's got 8 gigs of RAM, 256 uh, drive, which is, you know, enough for what I need it for, and it, it works. I mean, even the Mac Minis I've got, the M1s, I mean, they're there. They scream. The guy has one, too. Uh, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you, you can beat the heck out of it. I mean, you know, I mean, Brad, you, you obviously are doing a lot more heavy-duty, high-end video editing, so that's probably going to make a bit, a bit of a difference. You're going to probably want to bump up some of the RAM. But I know a lot of these people who were using Final Cut Pro and doing a lot of video editing at, with the machines were 8 gigs of RAM, and they weren't even taxing the machine i mean and it's yeah. just it really is it really just varies what what people are using i mean i had someone who wanted me to spec out a, a new you know i work in it so I, they were looking for a machine they wanted me to spec it all, all the way up to 96 gigabytes of ram i'm like what the heck are you going to use that for i mean it's excel I mean, email no, no it's, it's more like <laughs> an engineering you know engineering modeling tools and things like that because those 120 those are, tabs in safari I mean, those those types of those types of applications, you know, the engineering modeling is, is you know, that that's some pretty memory intensive stuff that it does. But ninety six gigabytes, I, I mean, maybe thirty two might be okay. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was for that was for a Windows laptop, right? Yeah, no, it was a Mac. It was a MacBook, one of them too. Can you get ninety six gigs in a yes. M two MacBook Pro? Yeah, support yeah. Is, uh, yeah. the MacBook yeah. Pro. Yeah. And that's the new one, God, look yep. at look yep. at the look at uh, look, look at Mark's at background. Mark looks background right on top right there. Speed is a question of money. How fast do you want to go? <laughs> well, like for me, you know, I I went in and I dove in on the M1 MacBook Pro, and I have the 16 inch, and I put uh, 32 gigs of of RAM in it. Yeah, that's a good and jump. It is it is perfect for what it in, in the more it, it realistically. <laughs> Not only was it, you know, compelling to go from an Intel uh, MacBook Pro to uh, M1 Pro MacBook Pro, but just the fact that they brought back the SD card slot on yeah. on the because as a video creator, everything's on SD cards and you're running and gunning and you know, you, you know, having you know little dongles for docking stations right. for cards and all that stuff and the MagSafe um, char- uh, charging port that you know that was that was. They they made the right decisions on that, and I, the 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 new M2 still has all of that. Um, so yeah, it's more of an incremental change for me. Um, and in general, like you know, and I'm sure we're all in the same boat, being being the uh, the the technical guys that we are. Um, you know, we are kind of the the consultant for everybody. You know, they come up. You know, all of our friends and family come up to us and say, "Should I upgrade? Should I upgrade? Should I upgrade?" Right. And my general response is, is, are you upset with your current platform? Mm -hmm. If if your current platform is serving you well, then, you know, squeeze as much out of it as you can. I'm sure, you know, Apple doesn't want me to, you know, announce that to everybody, but, you know, that's common sense. Um, But if it's not serving you well, if you are complaining about things and performance and you've loaded the new version of of Adobe Premiere or uh, Final Cut or something like that, and it's not working for you or you've upgraded your video infrastructure from, you know, 1080p to 4K and maybe even beyond and you're, you know, you're you're editing, you know, multiple 4K streams, then, yeah, you're going to need the extra horsepower. and but in general, if your platform is doing what it is you need it to do, then you know there are other things you could probably spend your money on for this. You know, uh, in talking about this incremental um, difference in uh, performance. 
Did anyone notice in the event today, uh, one of the women presenters, when they're talking about various video workflows, you know, you know proudly, you know, proclaimed, you know, no more proxies. <laughs> so, yes. you know, you basically, these things are now fast enough. You can just deal directly with all the raw footage, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, you know, it's, uh, again, it's, uh, I'm thinking, you know, uh, it's been enormous, you know, how, uh, things have changed on um, Apple, you know, MacBooks for uh, video production, you know, and, um, you know, I think uh, you know, 10 years ago, people would have laughed at the idea of, you know, 8K video on a, on a computer, let alone a notebook. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these are tremendously uh, powerful and capable machines, you know, you know, and especially you know, courtesy, like courtesy of 0. 0.5 of, sorry, courtesy, of, you know, mainly, you know, five nanometer silicon technology. That's uh that's the secret sauce that's made all of this possible. Yeah, in particular, like I said, for video creation, you know, the majority of the stuff that's being created is what I kind of categorize as a run and gun kind of environment. You have, you know, uh, boutique kind of, and, you know, individuals out there shooting and editing and, you know, or very small crews of putting stuff together, you know, a lot of uh, social media content and so forth and having the, the power and the flexibility and the portability of that, you know, that powerful <clears throat> laptop with you is so critical to be out in the field and, and shooting and doing what it is you need to be able to do. Um, you know, very few people are, you know, have the, 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 the Mac pro cheese grater doing, you know, the editing in a, in a standard effects shop or something like that. That's a very small subset of, of, of creators. The majority of people are out there are just like me where I'm out there with, uh, you know, with, a um, um, you know, a digital video camera or, you know, uh, uh, like a Sony a seven four or something like that and shooting and editing on the fly and delivering content to my customers as quickly as possible. So that, you know, the portability is the real key and power that comes with that portability. Brad, could you comment on one thing, a number of, you know, uh, video uh, production companies you know on both East coast and West coast have said that you know, even though a lot of you know, web content is delivered on the web, um, that the reason they shoot in, you know, well, originally it may be in 10K, 1080 and then 4K and now 8K is not so much that it's going to be viewed in that higher resolution, but it gives them a much bigger, uh, you know, frame, you know, and they can do more special effects and panning and zooming within an image. So instead of having right. to do a multicam shoot, they might can just do a single cam shoot. Yeah. Uh yeah, um, and that's certainly true um, because anything, you know, if you try to upload, you know, 4K video to YouTube, we all know it gets, you know, down resed and, and compressed and all of that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but yeah, shooting in a larger frame size, like up to 4K or 8K or whatever it is, does give you more flexibility for cropping in and picking what piece of that window you want to be able to show and how to, how to manage that. Um, so yeah, it does give you a lot more flexibility. So having the power to be able to, you know, edit, you know, because you'll have multiple shots and you'll be layering multiple shots. So you have multiple 4K files streaming in as you're editing. So it's important to be able to have that power to be able to do that. So question for our host. Yes. So question for you, Chuck, as you're recording this, as you do every week, um, what what format does Zoom allow you to record in? And then when you when you 
host the videos and I, I listen to audio. I'd never really see the videos. So I'm blind there, but you know, what, uh, what formats do you render to, uh, you know, for delivery? Uh, so we'll get into the weeds here just real quick. Um, right now, YouTube, excuse me, right now, zoom will give me, I record, I record it to the cloud. So it will give me multiple variations. Um, the speaker view, um, where the, you know, the, the camera's jumping around to the person speaking, will only give me, um, what is it, 640 by, or yeah, 640 by 320, I think it is. Mm, um, old so style it, TV. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very small. The group shot here with everybody, it'll give me that at 1280 by 720. And so what I'm doing is I'm upscaling um, using uh, Topaz video and then to 1920 by 1080 and then rendering that out for YouTube so that it doesn't look just completely blocky and terrible. You end up, uh, especially the, 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 the single shots, end up looking almost airbrushed, you know, but it's, it's in, at least to my eye, I think it's better. And I, so I'm willing to spend that time looks better than um, just cranking up uh, the 640 video. That's just, you know, just doesn't work. And um, on your hardware, wanna... and on your hardware, do you have, are you pleased with your throughput or you would, would something up to 15 times fast? Well, they were saying up to three or four times faster than previous Macs. You know, would that uh, be tempting to you to do an upgrade? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would cut down the production time. Um, especially for the upscaling. Um, and I'm looking at some other solutions to that, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, but, you know, yes, it would be, but the, the the price becomes a little bit prohibitive just for doing something like this show. Um, so, you know, I, I did want to bring the chat room in um, because they, there were a couple of interesting comments here um, on the, on the subject of the, the 96 gigs, um, Eric uh, suggested virtualization might put that RAM to use. And I think that's a really good point. And also Paul Conway um, said, I think people are used to old memory needs, which that's, we've also mm -hmm. all had to adjust our thinking a little bit, even with the M1, let alone the M2. What does that so, mean, old memory needs? Well, the way that the, way that the old Intel chips used to handle memory. I mean, and when with the integrated memory in the in the M1, we saw that eight gig might be very sufficient where before 16 might was have been a minimum. minimum. Yeah. Yeah. As well as goes back to prior caching when people's before SSD drives were, you know, uh, predominant, you know, when you still had them spinning mechanicals, you know, you'd rather have stuff in RAM instead of, you know, on the hard drive. So this is, I think, again, one of these other old, thought patterns that uh, needs to be updated because ssds are fast you know ram memory is even faster and ram on chip you know like apple's doing with their m1 or m series processors is faster still so um you know it obviates a lot of the need for trying to you know I, 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 as, a, as a developer i i think this uh meme or whatever about m1 needing less ram is complete baloney um ram is ram there's not some magical um you know reason for the m1 to need less of it now a fast swap drive you know that could be a reason why you might be able to get away with less 
and and yeah in the past an eight gig machine was probably paired with a slow drive so um that could be a, a reason why you could get away with eight gig but um it's i i don't you know think and I, all the other developers i know also agree that um it's really not true that the m1 needs less less ram one thing that um uh nobody's mentioned and i actually went on the apple's uh site to verify they are now i believe only selling two machines with m1s anymore the imac and the mac studio and that's it everything else is m2 oh. now or no, the, the MacBook one available the macbook air huh? i think is being still sold macbook air still so they, they well they have a m2 and macbook air so okay yeah, but, but um yeah all right so they still have that one but Although, you know i I think if you click on MacBook Air, they they have a big M M. Yeah, well, they do still sell the M one. Yeah, but you know, I I was thinking earlier in the conversation about you know the whole work from home thing, and some of the comments here. If you if you don't have a significant photo retouching or video needs, you can build yourself a nice little system with a, a with one of these new Mac Minis. And one of the even one of the low end laptops, so that you have the flexibility of taking it with you, um, but you also have a a more powerful machine at home. Assuming you even need, you know, that more powerful machine. So it it feels like you know the options for the combination price of those. I mean, that's a lot less than we used to pay for a single Mac. Yes, especially if you're going to be using a monitor you know, that uh, outlasts, uh, you know, a mini you connect to it. You know, if the monitor lasts five years and the mini lasts, you know, two, two and a half, three years, uh, it's clearly a, a win to build your own, uh, build your own Mac with uh, external components. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're, you know, they're, they're still, you know, putting love into the Mac mini platform. Um, so the, from what I've read and I just started picking up on some of the pieces you know they have the higher end you know pro chip that you could put in but they have just the standard m2 um, on the low end um, which still makes it extremely accessible so yeah you you know you get the mac mini you roll your own um, a monitor and keyboard and mouse and you know you have a very capable platform at a very low cost um, which i think is very attractive and you know Going back in my history, you know, it's just like all it takes is like one little hook to get you into the, mm -hmm. the Mac ecosystem mm -hmm. and, you know, yes. and, and people will stay with it because once they realize how everything works together and pretty seamlessly, um, then, you know, it, it, be, it becomes this ever, ever moving thing for you. So um, I'm glad that they're, 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 they're still paying attention to the low end on the uh, Mac mini side. Well, don't forget as well that um, your options now in the, the refurb store are going to include some very, very attractive high-end Mac mini M1s. Yep. Or, or sorry, you know, M1 Max is what I meant to say. Oh. So you can, for you know, significantly less than what you'll spend on a new machine, get an M1 Mac that will more than meet your needs at, uh, yeah, at significant cost savings. Onward and upward. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so I, Brad, you said you're not going to upgrade it. I mean, it's, uh, Eric has already 
already has a crater in his uh, finances. Um, is is anybody else here? I mean, are anybody else decisively going to buy a new machine, whether it's an upgrade or a supplement? Jeff, you sounded like you might be on the fence for for one thing, then for the other. Then I'm not sure. Well, I, I'm mulling it over, and um, um, you know when I look at the pricing for something that would meet my needs. So it's the middle of the, of the line M2 uh, mini air and pro 16 gigs of RAM, one terabyte uh, uh, storage. Um, Yeah, that, that would totally meet my needs. And, uh, and it's crazy that, I'm looking at something that's like twelve hundred bucks, nineteen hundred bucks, or twenty seven hundred, and all of a sudden that twenty seven hundred seems like a lot more than I need to spend, and I've never been in that position before with uh, with Max. So I I'm mulling it over, yeah. and we'll ju- we'll see what happens. But you have you're one that has an external monitor, so that. Right, you could use it with any of the machines. I can, yeah, I I can take my uh, my 16 inch MacBook Pro out, set a new machine right here on my desk, and everything's connected, and off I go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we haven't even started to discuss monitor. You know, the the cost of the monitors. Um, you know, whether they're Apple monitors or some of those new Samsungs, mm-hmm. or just you know a Dell 4K. Uh, mm-hmm. that, there's that, no that's, need for that hey monitor. no love for lg <laughs> i have an lg <laughs> monitor <laughs> no lg makes good monitors i mean oh yeah i've got this i'm i'm sporting this m7 samsung that i just bought not too long ago it was you know really good price and i'm super happy with it it's got a great resolution 32 32 inch monitor and the samsung pairs with these mac minis very nicely same thing with the dells i mean you get the you can get the higher resolution dells on you know the ultras so they're they're pretty sweet and just having come back from CES, it seems like there mm-hmm. were a number of companies that introduced docks uh, that will give you the ability to add yeah. a lot of connectivity, additional monitors. I mean, you know, so, and some of those aren't, believe it or not, aren't that expensive, especially if they are bus powered. What was what was the name of that company that used to do those? Henge, H-E-N-G-E, I think, used yeah, to make those bought, docks. Oh, Henge yeah, Docks, yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. They were good docs, but they were bought out by I think Bridge, if I remember Bridge. Yep. correctly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's a, but that is an interesting question, um, guy. You already said it. I already said it. That we're both using docs. Is anybody else using docs for additional connectivity? Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. I, okay. I have a hub, but yeah. Okay. So pretty good. Everybody. Yeah. OWC yeah. doc okay. and thing. the hub and yeah. you know, but a Kensington doc that works really well too. Cal Digit for me. I'm using and an anchor one, but OWC mini stack. I don't know. That's a dog. But anchor, anchor here. Yeah, I'm using yeah. the anchor, but mainly for the uh, RJ45, the network connection. So, me, yeah, me too. Plus a couple of USB ports to go to my scan yeah. snap and, and also my roading mic. Yeah. yeah. And my MacBook Pro, I have a docking station as well. And again, for the, for the network connection, but just, you know, I have like, six cables that i want to plug into it and and uh so they all plug into the docking station so then when i when i land at my my desk i plug in one cable and i have access to exactly. it all. so it's just that, mm-hmm. that simple convenience exactly. yeah including power yep yeah. including power 
Okay, so I heard Anchor, I heard CalDigit, um, OWC, Kensington, OWC, Kensington, Kensington. Brad, Dude, I've, I've got OWC's uh, Thunderbolt three dock. Okay, Brad, yeah, what? Same, or, here. Uh, yeah. same here. The, what OWC's? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I have that as well. So uh, pricey, we, but they 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 last forever. Uh, then the OWC introduced that new one, where's the no more power brick? It's built into the into the dock, so tempting. Well, for me, honestly, a power brick for a dock doesn't really bother me because it's not really meant for portable use. Yeah, but so clutter. I, I yeah. disagree. I I like would much prefer that mine didn't need a power brick. Yeah, I agree. Well, what I like about no power bricks is uh, is less junk that I'm trying to right. or that I have taking up space mm-hmm. on my on my APC UPS. Yep. Because I I've bought so many of those little uh, pigtail. Um, yeah. Um, power cords just to deal with that very thing. Yep. A lot of times it's a separate brick with the cord on it already. But, yeah. yeah. Um, several of the ones that I have yeah. now are like that, but now I have this big stack of bricks under right. my desk. Same here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't need to turn the heat up in my office. I get all the heat coming off the power <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's right. I can open the windows. Yeah, but realistically, um, for me, you know, the power. Wow! Brick so issue we, is, we've gone from we've gone from M two Pro Max to uh, you know power, power brick brick discussion. Power brick discussion. Ray, you were saying? Well, I was just going to say, you know, the power brick issue. It, it is you know when when I'm first setting it up, it's kind of a pain, but. Once, once everything is set up, every that structure just kind of stays there. static. Yeah, so I don't have to worry yeah. about it too much. And yeah. yeah, clutter. All right. Well, I did want. To, we're starting to wind down on time, and there's one other thing that I wanted to make sure we got to, and it's a bit of a PSA kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'll save the last one for. The, because that'll just trigger this group and we'll be here all night. <laughs> um, but the first thing, something came up in the Mac Voice Slack from one of the members there, and I want to make sure I get this right, that Fantastical is raising their renewal subscription from $39.99 to $56.99. Uh, yeah, that so that's me. a pretty substantial... Sorry? That was no, that was me. I, I, I posted I, that, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to call you out, Web. I didn't know That's if you okay. mind being okay. called out. So, but you just outed yourself now, buddy. That's fine. Um, but no, and the the question came up: What kind of notifications are being sent out, and what it ended up? Well, Web, I'll let you tell the story. I'm, why am I telling your story? Oh, it, it's just that, uh, and now I, uh, Jeff Butts made me realize, and I did a search for my email. I was notified by Fantastical on December the first. They're going through this price increase, so so they did their part, and I just wasn't paying close enough attention to it. When the you know 500 emails I get every day, and 490 of them are crap. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, what what just surprised me was uh, um, the 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 price increase. 40 percent uh, seemed really really high. I don't mind paying it, especially if I know that I'm going to be getting additional features or functionality. Uh, th- that's the problem with the subscription model is that you don't know if you're paying more to get more or where you're 
whether you're paying more to get the same thing that you had last week. So, um, but that, that was the only thing it's, I, I still use the program. I use it every day. It is my number one calendar program. Uh, there, there's one thing that I wish that they did. We were talking about printing earlier. I do print off my calendar, um, uh, for my office use, um, uh, print off the week, uh, and busy Cal does the, the colored blocks, Whereas uh, uh, Fantastical only does the, the uh, a line uh, with the with the calendar entry. I wish they'd do that differently. But um, other than that, it's it just it just caught me by surprise. I I, I wish that uh, um, you know I, I got a discipline now that I put an entry in my calendar. Uh, I I talked about that on the Slack too. But uh, uh, just so I know a year from now that I'm going to be having another. Um, um, renewal subscription renewal so uh, yeah i don't know if, if i touched all the points that you wanted chuck but but that's uh what what i recall the things that irked me at the time well the question i think originally was that you weren't you didn't receive a notification and what you found out was that you had received two uh, two notifications of the upcoming price change but that they were caught they yeah. designated spam and then that's sort of the that's sort of the PSA that I want to get out there to folks is you know you need to check your spam folders a little bit especially if you have subscriptions and you know with a if this is going to become a thing with the, with a substantial price increase you want to find out ahead of time and not not afterwards the so. the the notice that I got December first was from uh, Flexibits themselves the publisher of Fantastical and then the one that I got this week was uh, through the App Store. Through that notification, so so, so yeah, I have a yeah. Go ahead. I have a question. I have a question about this. I thought, um, and may, maybe I'm dated, or maybe I'm just you know not current. But I thought one of the complaints you know, about the Apple App Store was, uh, yeah, Apple didn't share contact information with anybody. You know, so uh, given that you got an update, you said from uh, the developer. Um, is has Apple changed and they relented so they are now sharing contact information or no. is there some other way that they knew you you know that you somehow registered with them directly so that they knew to send you uh, that email web yeah as part of that uh, subscription model as i recall is that you actually do it through flexibits and uh, i did it through you know the apple login process uh, so maybe that could have been part of the, the reason to it. But but the renewal itself, the, the handling of the financial transaction is actually done through the App Store itself. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I know that, I mean, th th this is the bane of all sorts of you know companies' existence, whether they be software developers or hardware developers, is just getting you know their users to register. And uh I know. Okay, you know, had to you know, to Brad over there that one of the things we did over at uh, Drobo is we give people. This is way back when. This is you know ten years, you know, ten years or a dozen years ago. We give people you know an additional you know couple months on warranty if they would register. You know, so um, you know maybe that's what uh, happened with you somehow. But uh, I, I can tell you exactly what happened. Please, um, and and. And uh, this is coming from someone who is a fantastic and card hop user. So uh, regardless of whether or not you're paying through the app store for the app, 
you are setting up a fantastical account because that account is what's managing your your data syncing and then gives you uh, access to the other features like you know like being able to do a calendly ish um, uh, appointment setup thing that that's a fantastical server thing so when you set up that that fantastical they specific capture, account that's when you're doing that's that through them and they're capturing your information okay got it okay good thank you jeff that's good sure that makes it makes it again you know this is i'm 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 not questioning the price increase that's something that you know that's between that's between oh. fantastical and web yeah, and users. all the users yeah. yeah but it's the it's the notification thing um, one of the one of the other uh, Mac Voices Slack members said that apparently Strava is sort of in the same boat. They're going to do a substantial price increase, but somebody has said it's going to be double. Uh, it doesn't appear that there's an official price increase out there, and it hasn't been announced yet. But if you are a Strava user, you may want to watch your email to see what the story is there. I'm not um, a Strava user. What is Strava? Do you play one on TV? <laughs> uh well you know i play all sorts of things but not on tv <laughs> okay yeah it's, We're not it's gonna a get fitness app yeah oh, okay. thank you jeff yeah so i but but i mean that, that holds true to everything you know it and web said it you know ironically put in put an uh an item on your calendar and if it happens to be fantastic Cal, then that's good but you know, put it put a calendar item out there that you subscribe to this and give yourself a couple weeks notice to make sure I, that you're I paying have attention. All of my subscription renewals on uh, on my calendar, and I also have them in in uh, OmniFocus. So I I have double notifications on my own for for every subscription. There you go, the Jeff Gamut model of subscriptions. And do you ever decide? No, it's not worth that much. I'm going to kill this thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Occasionally, are you judicious, are yeah, you judicious on what you subscribe to? Um, well, yeah. I so I have that set up so that I that I have a reminder that if there's something I'm not using anymore, that I better go in and uh, cancel the subscription. And yeah, I've done that with uh, with a few apps. Uh, generally speaking, though, that doesn't happen because it turns out that the apps that I'm subscribing to are the ones that I actually really need. So I like, in that case, to know that the renewal is coming up so that I can be watching for the charge either through, uh, through the app store or just like on my credit card. So in other words, you carefully vet the apps that you subscribe to you don't promiscuously subscribe to apps i do then... not promiscuously subscribe not at all but mark and, and the other thing i have to give everybody credit here uh except for maybe strava because i'm not a strava user so i don't know exactly what's happening there but at least some of these companies are are emailing you a couple uh some time ahead of time to let you make that decision I can think of one service that I will not mention that I got stuck with last year because I got a, a, an email, you know, saying thank you for your renewal, and I was never reminded that it was coming up. Now, would I have canceled that? That one, honestly, I was on the bubble. It's not a tragedy that I got charged for it, but I was, you know, I was more unhappy with the fact that I hadn't been notified than of the renewal itself. So, again. It, 
that my fault. I should have had it on a calendar or I should have been paying more attention to it. Um, so I need to follow a little more of Jeff's model. But hey, hey Chuck, another thing on the uh, Fantastical subscription. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people, even that are subscribing to uh, to Fantastical service, that don't realize that includes card hop. So you're getting two apps for that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that to uh, justify away the the price increase, um, you know, whether or not that's that's a valid price increase. I, I don't know. It maybe is, maybe isn't. Um, but I am getting Fantastical and Cardhop, which I use both every single day. Cardhop, that's their scanner you know, app? No, that's their uh, alternate interface for contacts. Okay. Um, there might be a, a, a card scanner feature in it. I should probably look. I may not be using all the features of an app I'm paying for. Cheap. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's exactly like me. That those last you know, 250 you know, megahertz I just don't use. You know, can I get See? You're you're just wasting those bits. <laughs> Mark has really been upset over the uh over the the, the transistors and the and the megahertz tonight. I don't know what it is. <laughs> No, it's 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 an ongoing trend. You know, every about every other Apple event on this, you know, I make the complaint that they come out there with all these facts and numbers that mean absolutely nothing instead of focusing on why this product is going to make your life better. And here's an example why it, it used to take this amount of time to render, and now you can do it in you know you know twenty seven point five percent of that time. You know, um, so I think you know it's it's the the diversification of you know apple marketing you know because steve jobs didn't do this and uh since then it's it's slowly crept in more and more and more worthless facts you know oh this must be better i'm gonna i'm gonna buy this thing because it has 67 million billion transistors you know what does it do for me you know and they're not really they're not answering that question Except maybe on the Apple Watch or the iPhone, you know. But as far as Mac marketing, I think you, know, it's uh, it's horrible, you know. On the, uh, you know, and just switch. You know, we've had a, recently a bunch of stories about how the Apple, uh, you know, the new iPhone, uh, you know, the uh, SOS uh, satellite services, you know, come out and save people. So there, they actually do a good job of communicating what the benefit of this new feature is. You know, for Mac stuff, I think, you know, they're just, you know, they're even dumber than Windows because, you know, um, I think this has been something in our, uh, you know, our Slack discussion too. They're just like Windows Vista, you know, you, you know, you, call, you know, cut and paste, you do this. Do you want, do you, I paste something into an app, you know, do you want to allow the paste? You know, yes, I do. You know, you stupid moron. You know, can't you decide this with all your machine learning, you know, just, uh, there's some stuff Apple is doing that, you know, they've taken, you know, giant steps backward. You know, I'm a shareholder, you know, <laughs> you know, they do lots of wonderful things, but, you know, on some things, you know, they just go through some really rough growing pains on taking a step back, like, you know, all, all the security stuff on in, in Ventura, you know, but uh, right. Brad, don't get me started. All... You know, don't yeah. get me Brad, started. That's Brad, just was he this grouchy when you worked with him? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this, this is not a change. <laughs> So at, at the risk of uh, of enabling or encouraging Mark, OMG, 
card hop does have business card scanning. I didn't know. And the only reason I checked is because you mentioned it. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You know, you, you you owe me a beer if we ever get to meet in person, you know, in the next couple of years. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in a fantastic out two years from today. If we haven't <laughs> met yet, I don't know you appear. Okay. <laughs> Eric? Um, I was going to say uh, Apple, um, under your Apple ID, will let you view a list of all of your subscriptions, both the active and the inactive ones. And it will tell you when they are going to expire, what the price was. And, you know, what I find I do is for some of the apps where it's a little iffier, I haven't tried it before, is I will pay for a subscription, cancel it right away, and then it's good until it expires. And you can still go into settings and see when it will expire. And if you really, really like it, you can then, you know, subscribe again or renew or whatever. Uh, but it's kind of nice. It gives you a, a list of everything. It lets you know what you've done in the past, reminds you that you tried it and didn't like it, or that you tried it, you really liked it, and then all of a sudden you notice you don't have it anymore. Um, and it it works well. That's, a good, that's an interesting little hack to it. I like oh. that. Unsubscribe right away and then resubscribe if you only if you want to or need to. Especially for the yearly ones, that works well. Yeah, yeah. some some of those uh, software vendors have caught on to that. And if you have a trial, and you unsubscribe and you cancel it, it cancels the trial too. Yeah, which that's I think that's appropriate, Dave. Yeah. If you've if you've made that decision, yeah, I uh, agree. You know. or, or or shame on them. They should offer a decent yeah, eval period instead of forcing people to look for back doors like this. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, I've been pretty happy with the trials, but in my case, it'll be something like um, I'll, I'll be on a hiking trail or something, and and I don't know when I'm next going to go outside and get exercise, but I'm willing to pay for a one-year or a one-month subscription to a hiking app that lets me see all the trails. I just cancel it right away because it might be six months before I need it again. It's good for the entire time I'm there. The vendor gets their month. I'm happy with what I've got. I don't have to remember to cancel it later. Um, I, I I I understand that, and that's what I'm saying is instead they should offer a free, you know, thirty day, forty five day, you know, twenty one day eval period instead of forcing people to go through. But I guess maybe that may be a limitation of the App Store, and you know, so you know, we need to blame that on Apple, not yes. not the vendors. Apple doesn't allow that. What does not allow what that that length of time, what, Jim? What, what Mark is saying, there's no free trials in the app store. Oh, that's Apple policy, sorry. right? It's not that you know the developer, um, and and what Eric's saying will work with any app that's got a subscription in the app store because that's Apple policy. So, um, somebody was saying that might not work with some apps. Well, that would be apps that were doing this outside of the app store, where usually right. you can get a free trial. I'm confused by I was looking at Flexibit's website and at the App Store, and it seems like you can sign up for an account on their website or in the App Store. And I thought Apple didn't allow that sort of thing. So I'm I'm confused. Well, they can't stop developers from offering the same kind of subscription on their own websites. It's just the price. Uh, the pricing has to be. Uh, yes, they they absolutely can if it's in the iOS store. 
that was the whole thing with um, hay and uh, some other, you know, other stuff that, you know, you can't pay outside of the app store. I thought it was, I thought it was you, you couldn't link back to it, but I can't see any reason why you couldn't offer it. No, you, you cannot take money for a service for, um, on the, on the iOS app store outside. I, I think, and Jeff, I'm going to ask you to help me on this, um, mm -hmm. regarding fantastical itself. One of the, some of the functionality that they have is a, um, uh, fancy scheduling uh, capability to schedule mm -hmm. meetings with other people that kind of goes outside the the um, the um, the Mac sphere, if you will. Uh, it also allows you to do things like set up Zoom meetings and, and stuff like that. And you know, it's where you inside the Fantastical app itself, you can click that button and it'll fire up Zoom and get you all connected and all that. Mm -hmm. and I think it's because of that capability that they go kind of outside the Apple ecosystem. But remember, Apple's still collecting the, the revenues for it. So so they're still getting their 30% uh, 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 commission, if you will. Um, Jeff, did, did I explain that right? I, I think so. And honestly, I'd have to go and double check. But I'm pretty sure that when you pay for a Fantastical, uh, I to be fair, we should call it a FlexiBits subscription yeah. since yes. it includes two apps. You're right. You're right. Um, um, I believe you're paying through the App Store, and the part that and the part that I know stays outside the App Store is not money specific, and that's the part that handles um, uh, all of these other features, like like you're talking about the collaboration things, the ability to link back in to uh, to things like Zoom, and for example. When uh, when Chuck gives us the information for each week's uh, 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 show, that I put into the uh, the notes for the uh, Fantastic Health appointment. Yeah, and it automatically detects the uh, the the Zoom link, and then just gives me right the menu bar, a little button I can click, and. Uh, and, uh, when it's time to join the meeting, and then it handles everything else. In Flexibits, the, the feature is called Openings. Uh, if you, we don't have to go through the whole explanation what it does, but it it's allows you to, uh, uh, um, you know, check schedules for other people, blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, they have a lot of that stuff in there: scheduling and collaboration features. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I'm I'm not calling anybody out here. I'm just using this as an example. But um, Telestream's ScreenFlow is in the App Store, but you can also buy it from the developer for the same price. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, know if it's... That's a Mac app. That's a Mac app. Okay. Uh, FlexiBits apps are Mac as well. Yeah. So I I, I don't well, know. I mean, I I know both. there's a difference on, on, on yeah, ScreenFlow. But yeah. So... Um, hey, one last um, PSA, um, and and I don't. I'm going to try not to let this ignite into a huge discussion. But if you haven't been paying attention, Twitter uh, just today has stated that they basically have stopped. Well, I guess they're starting to enforce 
um, a restriction on APIs. And so some third-party Twitter clients will not work any longer. So if you're following me, if you're following any of our panel members on Twitter, on a third-party app, um, they're still there. Well, if they decide they're still there. But if that app is broken, you can still use the Twitter app. You can still use TweetBot on the web. Um, I'm not sure if this breaks all third-party apps or not, but I think it's worth mentioning just because there's been so much controversy around controversy around Twitter. And if you're not paying attention, um, it's not the app developer's fault. It's it's Twitter's doing itself. Yeah, TweetDeck on the web is still working. But that's a Twitter product. Twitter, own, a Twitter, yeah, product. Twitter owns it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, um, what Twitter's, you, was, Twitter's statement about this? Twitter is a lying sack of liars full of liars that are lying about lying. <laughs> See, I knew And you have no happen. idea how difficult it was for me to keep that family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bunch of lying louses. You forgot to somehow work that in there, Jeff. <laughs> I did. I, I forgot about the lying louses. Yeah. So well, anyway, anyway. See, I'm trying. One, I'm trying, it? folks. I'm trying. Um, but yeah, so just just be aware. If you wish to continue using Twitter and communicating with it, then you're going to need to use its app. Um, uh, so Chuck, can go, I add a, oh. a little uh, a legit PSA bit to that? Sure, sure. Um, developers of the uh, of the apps that have uh, been uh, dirt napped by Twitter. They are all right now trying to figure out how to deal with subscriptions. So, for example, Tweetbot has a ton of uh, of subscription renewals that come up in like as we record, like a week and a half, two weeks, and uh, and so uh, Paul he's trying to figure out right now what his next step is. So. Uh, pay attention to what the developers of your favorite apps are doing, because it's very possible that uh, that Paul, in the case of Tweetbot, is just going to shut off subscriptions for his for Tweetbot, so no one gets charged. Um, so just just pay attention because the the whole thing about how much money you're paying for for uh, third party clients that's kind of up in the air right now too. Well, you Very, probably want to just cancel right now. Why wait? Yeah, or just cancel. Um, Barry in the chat room says Twitterific on iOS is dead. Twitterific on macOS still works. Yeah, and I, I heard at one point that Spring still works. I don't know if that's still true. There's, you know, and calling what Twitter put out a statement is it's kind not of even an insult statement. to the word statement. <laughs> it is. But, you know, lying sacks of liars, that's what they do. No, I mean, especially that regard, when they're managed Jeff, by space. Jeff, in that regard, there's there's no one there to be a lying sack of wire because you know Elon well, fired somebody all put a communication staff. Well, they put a tweet out though. Now, how hard is that? Right, well, apparently, apparently really it's hard a, it's because a, it took it's, them it's days. A, it's days, and it's not an honest tweet. Is what Jeff is saying. I understand what mm. he's saying. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that. Uh, Anyone who's expecting a clear communications from them, given that they don't have a communications department, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like you can't criticize them for something they don't have a capacity in order to do. Of course, you can. 
we can yeah, criticize when, them for not having that capacity as well. That's when right. That, you, yeah, you can criticize them for that, but yeah, you know, I don't think you can criticize them for doing a job, you know, because they don't have anyone to 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 do that job. Not going right. to stop me from criticizing them. Yep. I almost got through the whole show without one edit. And there it is. No. Oh well. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Uh, All right. Well, let's go around the room. Let's put, let folks know where they can find you, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, so I'm going to reverse the order and start with Mr. Webb Bixby. Webb, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much um, for everything and for the discussion about uh, Flexical. Um, or Fantastical, excuse me. Yeah. Flexibits, Fantastical. Um, I, th I think it's a legitimate discussion and some good tips came out of it as far as subscriptions. Where can and, folks find you? And also the part of it is that I had to check on myself and realize that the vendor did notify me and I just overlooked it when I posted on, on Slack. So anyway, uh, best way to reach me is probably through through the Facebook uh, in WebBixby, two words, uh, W-E-B and B-I-X-B-Y, and that's probably the best way. I'm also on that other social media platform with those lying liars that we'll just leave it there. So, <laughs> Thank you, Webb. Good to have you. Good to be here. Brad, I, it was a it's a pleasure to have you. I'm not sure if you'll be back after some of this, but I'm hoping that you will. Um, I don't scare too easy, so <laughs> well, well, that's good because this group will do it to you. Challenge accepted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, how how do folks get in touch with you? Um, same thing. You can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Brad Meyer and Cupertino. Uh, make sure you find the Brad Meyer and Cupertino, um, and uh, that's uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me. Great. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Mr. Guy Searle, uh, sans cat at the moment. Um, yeah, she's, she's doing bad things uh, off camera that's yeah. making me very nervous. Uh, yeah, some it. of it was on camera behind you, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was seeing it. I was actually seeing it on the monitor that she was up on the shelves that didn't make me happy. Yeah. I couldn't hear her. She's very silent when she wants to be. Um <laughs> When when I'm not playing with my cat, you can find me over on Twitter, Counter Social, and Mastodon as Mac Parrot. Uh, you can find me over on the YouTubes as Vert Shark. Uh, I'm I do the weekly MyMac.com podcast with Gazmas, and uh, we're going to be talking. I think we're going to be talking tomorrow about the new Macs as well. Uh, so that should be out before the weekend. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So yeah, me and my cat, my cat, Jelly. Thank you, Guy. Good to have you as always. Mr. Fuccio. Good. 67 yes. billion transistors. I mean, I'm, I uh, I started my career in the you know, sort of you know, the semiconductor industry. So this is just absolutely amazing. And uh uh, it's it's you know these these are you know, these products are really uh, remarkable feats of engineering, you know, despite how poorly they may be marketed, but that's discussion for another time. So uh, people want to get me easiest way is on uh, that Elon Musk property Twitter, you know, at Mark Fuccio M A R K F U C C I O, or LinkedIn, you know, with the same name. Great, thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. Jim Ray, we got to get your uh, your other headphones working. Um, but until we do, where can folks find you? These work. Uh, you can find me on the internet web tubes at proview.com, P-R-O-V-U-E. And uh, I'm 
you can reach me email at jim at proview.com. And um, now that's pretty much it. I need to set up one of those Mastodon thingies, I guess. But I haven't. <laughs> when you do, let us know. Thanks for being here, Jim. <sighs> Mr. Eric Bolden, the first one to buy a new M2 Mac in this group. Congratulations. And it's supposed to show up right before the show Tuesday of next week. Oh, unboxing. We could have an unboxing. <laughs> yeah. I might not make it. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably uh, in one spot and it'll show up in another spot and I'll get home and there'll be a thing that says, if only you had been here to sign. <laughs> we'll try tomorrow. <laughs> No, um, I can be reached at EA Bolden at uh, techhub.social on Mastodon. Great. Thanks so much, Eric. Good to have you. Jeff Gamut, I'm glad you made Seriously, I'm glad you made it the whole way through because I did hear your UPS beeping in the background. So I'm glad you, you were able yeah. to have yeah, for for those of you that don't know, the the latest storm in uh, Colorado started before we started recording, and uh, I've already had uh, uh, UPS beeps and clicks, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm glad I made it all the way through. Jeff, that was sent from California with love. Thank <laughs> you. Really. I heard from I, another friend of mine, uh, you know, uh, in uh, Fort whatever it is, you know, just north of Boulder, you know, that they are having Fort Collins. Fort Collins, yes, you know, that they're having, uh, you know, snowstorm coming in imminently. That would be this storm. Yep, looking at a foot, some areas, maybe two feet of snow. Oh, it's a good thing you got your hair cut now. Then I know I needed to look good for the for the snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to tell people where to find me. Whenever you get around to it. Uh, Jake, I, yeah. I, I've got to stand out. My watch is saying, so I'm just going to stop video, but I'm here listening. Oh, good. Because I want you to take notes on where to find me. Um, <laughs> Jake Amit on all the socials. Uh, just just for disclosure, since the, uh, the API uh, debacle and TweetBot stopped working, I haven't been on Twitter at all. Um, so find me. You can find me on, on Mastodon for sure and instagram and youtube um and uh and occasionally stuff auto posts onto twitter but seriously i i just haven't gone back to see what's going on because i can't use tweetbot you want to mention context machine no okay. yes <laughs> um <laughs> Brian Chaffin and I have teamed up for Context Machine. I suppose I should talk about other podcasts too. Anyhow, we're having a lot of fun with Context Machine. Here on Tuesdays, uh, unless Chuck has finally had enough, and then it's been great being on the show with all of you. And uh, on Thursdays, the big show, and then Thursday evenings on In Touch with iOS, It unless Dave has had enough of me, in which case it's been great doing that show, and then on Fridays on the Mac show. Thank you, Jeff. We can never get enough. We can never, never. get enough. Never. I don't understand, but but okay, and thank you. Neither do I, but we still can't <laughs> get enough. <laughs> 
Last but absolutely not least, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, it's uh, great to have you. Uh, where can folks connect with you? It's great to be here. Uh, you can find me at InTouchWithIOS at InTouchWithIOS.com. YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash InTouchWithIOS. I'm on Mastodon on Mastodon.cloud at DaveG65. I guess you could find me on Twitter, DaveG65 and InTouchWithIOS. Um, but uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, David. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live. We do this every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, at youtube.com slash TV. And, of course, we drop uh, this show, usually cut up into pieces, into the feeds as well. This one may actually get into the feed sooner and not cut up just because it's some very timely information for those of you, like Eric, who are considering an M2 Mac. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to ride this for a while, Eric. Um, <laughs> so until the next time, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, Consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com